Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. Dawn of Dragons, Season 2, Episode 5, City of the Great Forge. I'm sure it's good, I just... Uh. Zorin turned the mushroom over in his hand. It was the size of a softball toasted a chestnut brown from the small campfire they had made. It smelled like aged cheddar and probably was just as sharp and creamy, Zorin told himself with a smile. Cordelia had pointed these out as non-poisonous ones, but was relying off of knowledge from the memory of a book she had read. It will suffice. Vix chimed in as he peeled a chunk of the flesh of his mushroom and carefully placed it in his mouth. He chewed with his eyes closed, trying to place the flavor. His eyes opened and he saw the group staring at him intensely. What? Do you feel... strange? No. Should I? Do you feel sick? Uh, like you're gonna shrink to the size of a mouse? Everyone looked at Scottmere. I heard it happened to some girl a long time ago, and I just... Shut up, Scottmere. And all of you, for that matter. I'm fine. Despite what you may have heard, elves are not all weak. We have a very strong constitution, in fact. Vic snorted, going back to his meal. <laughs> Jade cocked an eyebrow at the needless brag and laughed, rolling her eyes. As they ate, the gentle lapping of the underground lake water on the shore was rhythmic and soft. The campfire was made of small twigs and had a broken board they had found. Wood was scarce commodity here in the dark underbelly of the world. The meal was pleasant, but there was the nagging of the last few days. When Zorin had returned to the waterfront of the lake, they had found evidence of a fight and that someone was dragged away from. Jade could track six smaller bodies, the size of Scottmere, and noted they were similar in weight. The tracks were made by the steel heels of their heavy boots in the loose dirt. There was some oil from a lantern that spilled some here on the ground. Probably half a day prior. Zane had a lantern. Their hearts gripped in worry. She noted chains bound the taller, most likely human, at the ankles before he was dragged into a four-wheel cart, and finally away down the coastline of the cold, deserted lake. Zane, he looked up. Jade, are you positive they came this way around the lakeside? Yes. The lake was immense, with no sign of change in the coast direction in the last day's worth of travel. See, the tracks still traveled that way. There was one set of tracks with a set of large wheel ruts she was pointing at. She then pointed another set 20 feet away. 
The feet were turned opposite, but similar. The wagon ruts are more shallow, not as weighted down, and going the other way. That's where they most likely came from. Okay, great. Thanks. Just... We will find your friend, Zorn. I promise. She sat down. She didn't understand how she knew, but she did. The next day yielded a welcome change of scenery when they came across an old pier. The cart's tracks ended here where the wooden cart itself sat as well. The pier had three small wooden rowboats moored along the left side. Scottmere noted these were dwarven in make, well-crafted, but plain. He was disturbed by this. Bendik put a hand on his shoulder. Scottmere, do you... Do you see that light in the distance? He pointed across the lake where a faint orange glow was on the horizon. Scottmere smiled. Jade was already nodding as she inspected the dark wood of the boats for any leaks before their next journey. The glow of the city became brighter as they made their journey over the next few hours. Soon they could see four giant pillars of stone ablaze with fires that ebbed and flowed from within towering hundreds of feet towards a ceiling that still was lost thousands of feet in the darkness above. Sprawled at their base were comparatively tiny houses. Easily 50 of these houses sitting end to end would be the width of just one of these great pillars. They heard a large crowd bustling around in the distance. The occasional muffled shout carrying across the water to their ear cloaked in the darkness. They were rowing towards a large harbor filled with various ships and sizes, with one thing in common, though. No sails. Uh, well, I suppose that makes sense, actually. Zorn saw the largest ships had easily 40 to 50 oars per side. Far to the left of the city was a dock, not in use, cast in shadow of one of the large ships. There. Let's dock there. We won't be too obvious coming in. Speak for yourself. Vix was wrapped in his long robe, staring at the approaching harbor, trying to anticipate what they would encounter in this glowing city of fire. Cordelia grunted as a thick-bodied sailor pushed past. They had soon noticed all different shapes and sizes on inhabitants that were here in this lively port city. I've seen easily... Ten or so of these cities on the surface. I never imagined one underground. Scottmere looked curious. All the dwarves were ashen gray with cold, dark eyes. White, wiry beards shot from their chins like the coarse mane of a horse. I've heard of these cousins of mine. That explains it. Explains what? There are stories about those of us that live in the dark beneath the mountains and hills. They lose the love of the sun and the love of pretty things. All things have a purpose, and to make it pretty is... Well, it's just a waste of time. They passed by a fishmonger, shouting at the crowd and holding a large pale squid on the end of a long hook. The smell was coppery and strong, but bidders were throwing hands up as fast as the auctioneer could rattle off his gradually increasing price. We need to find a place to lay low. Uh, Benedict said, looking around. Oh, what about that place there? The pale ale. Let's try it. They walked up the creaky wooden steps of the inn to the iron-bound door and slowly opened it. They walked into what appeared to be a small tavern. Three round tables stood empty, 
and eight bar stools were lined up at a clean and oiled deep mahogany bar. The welcome smell of a meaty stew and potatoes wafted to their noses. Hi. A grunting voice came from the bar as a bald gray head stood up, with a white beard hanging straight down, the hair almost making a perfect triangle at the end against his black muslin apron. Step up, what'll it be? They looked at each other. They had no coin or weapon. They had been hiding and avoiding every creature of the darkness with only a flint and steel and a dagger found at the raided campsite. Ah, you're the surface dwellers Doan was going on about. They looked at each other. Zoran froze. He had heard that name before. Yeah, it's you. Librarian, two elves, ugly dwarf, and the rest of you. He told me to take care of you. What'll it be? They all looked at each other, hesitating. Well, it's cooking back there, Smiley. <laughs> Scottmere laughed as he sat heavily on bar stools, sized appropriately for his height. The meal was satiating, but a little bland to anyone but this group. Mm. Yes. Yeah, the meat was sweet, and the potatoes savory. Every bite brightened the palate, and a dash of salt excited the tongue. The stew was served with a coarse soda bread. They softened by dipping it into the thin broth. Mm. The pasty mess was hastily shoved in Benedict's bearded mouth with a smile. Zoran smiled at his friend, his mouth full as well with the warm broth matting to the mm. hair at the corners of their mouths, they both nodding in approval. They were all happily eating the stew, while Kegog the barkeep shook his head. Ugh. By the stout, it wasn't that good. They must be touched in the head. He grumbled. Soon they finished sitting back in their seats with smiles on their faces. Even the cool and collected Vix looked happy. How about some drinks? Hey, Kagog, can we order some drinks? I'll be there in a moment. Hold yourself down. Benedict mopped his short, dark-bearded cheeks. Ha! Hard to eat with a beard, huh? You gonna keep it? <laughs> no. Uh, the next thing I'm dreaming of is a bath and a shave. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a bed. That'll come soon enough. Now what'll it be? Ale for me. And for I. I'll take... Benedict paused, trying to picture a cow in this underground landscape. Oh. He shuddered. Just... Water will be fine. And I'll have a mead. I'll take that mead. Thank you. I would like a red wine, please. Sophie looked to Jade, who sat there thinking. Jade, what would you like to drink? I would like a red wine as well. That, that sounds good. Sophie smiled at the memory of sharing a glass of wine with another elven friend. What seemed ages ago in Port Lafour. Benedict followed the bartender back to the bar. Excuse me, uh, Kegard, we are looking for a friend of ours. Don't told me. The boy called Zane who went looking for ye. He gripped three tankards under a large keg as the bitter liquid poured slowly, building a white frothy cap on top. If he was taken back to this town, he wouldn't be in a tavern, I'll tell you that much. He'd be at the slave market if, if he's not sold by now. Oh no. A slave market? Benedict was stunned. Only the cruel and evil had slaves. There were servants and workers of all types back in Port Lafour, but never slaves. Kegod continued. 
Alright, the market opens in 12 hours. An hour after that is the auction. If I were you, I'd be there for the whole thing. Don't send to take care of your every cost, but I don't know where you'll get the money. You can charge the cost back here for him to settle if you... He paused and thought for a moment. Then he shook his head to clear it. What, what was I? Oh, oh yeah. You were supposed to get this. He set the tin tankards down and reached under the bar, handing Benedict a heavy sack of coins. From Dode. He turned back to his work and mumbled. Just remember, all things must be paid back to him. He always makes sure of it. Oh, this is your room. Keep it quiet and don't disturb any of my other guests. Cordelia found it interesting that she hadn't seen any other guests, but nodded in agreement. Rest well. Silently, they all moved into the room. Their eyes opened up wide. The room had a bed for each one of them. There was a smell unfamiliar, but not unlike chamomile and lavender tea with cream and honey. The temperature was warm, but not too hot, almost cozy amongst the tobacco brown walls and gray slate furnishings. Polished brass shone in accents throughout the room. A doorway led to a separate hall entitled Bathhouse. Bendix smiled as he walked towards it, unfastening his armor for the first time since entering this world beneath worlds. It groaned as much as he did as the pieces dropped to the floor outside the doorway. He noted it seemed the only entrance was through the rooms, meaning only patrons had access. He was no stranger to defending himself or others with nothing but his fists. He was willing to take the risk, but there was a security found in this. Approaching the doorway, there was a soft steam that wafted from the hallway when he opened the door to the bathhouse. He saw a small lump of soap, a bowl and a small razor on the tray by the door next to a pile of large towels. The gentle steam made the wooden varnish table wet with warm dew, even from this distance. Uh, be back in a bit. I'm, uh... All right, then. He turned around to see everyone else was fast asleep. I promise that. The voice whispered in his mind. He sat in the dark alone. He could feel the cold, smooth stone beneath him. Felt like an eternity since he had last seen the light outside the cell. The musty smell of stagnant water no longer burned his nose. He almost feared any light that would come in at this point. The chains around his wrists bit as he rubbed a cheek. Two souls to the price of one. Two icy blue eyes seemed to glow in the darkness before him. Yes, two for one. Stranger is played by Philip Usher of the Averin Dark Saga podcast. Kagog the Bartender is played by Corbin Miller from the Podville podcast. Zorin, played by Cody Miller. Sophie, played by Sarah Jenkins. Zane Shieldheart, played by Storm Esco. 
Cordelia Shieldhart is played by Jolene Frescas. Benedict Shieldhart, played by Brian Dowling. Gottmere is played by Colton Jansen. Jade is voiced by Cara Danvers. This is Vix the Chaotic, you sniveling fools. Voiced by Daniel Nichols of the Happy Go Lucky Podcast. I am Mike Ashley, your narrator. This episode was made possible by listeners like you and Brave Adventures Paper Miniatures. Please support our magnificent cast, music, and supporters by following their links in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode. What else awaits them in this grim underworld and how they plan to escape? Stay safe and remember the oath. It's Podville. The family-friendly variety show. I'm your host, Corbin. And I'm your hostess, Julie. Every other Friday, we and our four kids bring you a show packed with... Silly games. Outrageous vintage ads. Wild stories. And catchy original songs. Find us at podville.com. That's P-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com. Or subscribe wherever fine pods are casted. Are you ready for me to stop talking? Always. Now, Charlie, you and I have a deal. I'll be back for Christmas, which isn't that long from now. And you are going to make new friends and help Aunt Nani. You can't just leave me! Truly, I won't be gone long, and Aunt Nani needs your help. You don't need to keep saying it! Charlie, I know this makes you sad, and I know you're sad because you love me. Promise me you'll be helpful. Okay. I love you. The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, producers of Charlie Saves Christmas, bring you our next heartwarming adventure. Cassie and the Spectral Shade opens April 6th, 2020. Hello there, stranger. I have a question for you, if I may be so bold. Do you love fantasy? With its heroes of goodness and knights of daring do? Hearty dwarves and mystical elves? Incredible dragons who rule the skies and breathe fire? Maidens so fair they make the gods themselves weep at their beauty? You do? Well, never mind then, off you go. But if you like darkness, disparity, blood and gore, necromancy and demons, then I have a tale for you, my friend. For in the world of Aetheran, there is but a glimmer of light amongst the coming shadow. The eternal darkness is spreading its influence from the world beyond, seeking to wash over the land like a dark tide. All is doomed. But there is still hope. A candle burns within the gloom for those that seek to walk within the light. The Knights of the Argent Order, warriors and wielders of magic, trained solely in the arts of demonic eradication. These brave few will battle to the last in hopes of securing a future for all mankind. Be steadfast. 
be stoic. Remain vigilant, for here death awaits all in the world of Aetheran. Available on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Spotify. Search Dark Saga Aetheran to subscribe now.